See, I'm, I'm preaching about something or talking about something tonight that I'm really having a hard time with this very moment because I wanted to say something, but I said, no, Darren, you got to be meek. So I'm pre- I just understand that this lesson is talking to Pastor Darren tonight a whole, whole lot. But if you go to your Bibles, Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 5, that's where we have been. And we're going to read ver- one verse of scripture and then we're going to get into that. I will try my best to be as methodical as possible, but not be boring. Uh, I don't want to be boring, but I want to give you some information that will help you and help me. It's helped me. It's continuing to help me in my relationship with Jesus Christ. I, I, please understand me. Darren Gilbert, in the flesh, wants to constantly, constantly be learning and growing in Jesus Christ. I want this fleshly brain to know more about this powerful, wonderful Jesus Christ. Amen? And so I hope that you feel the same way. I don't feel that I know everything. I, don't, I know for sure I don't know everything. Uh, but I, I don't want anyone in this congregation to ever feel that way either. I want you to ever be learning. It doesn't matter if it's your first time here or if you've been here for 25, 40 years. Ever be learning and wanting to know more about the Word of God. Amen? Matthew chapter 5, verse 5. Blessed are the meek, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Jesus, thank you for your word, and Lord, bless us with its instruction tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I believe that the most important question that we can ask on every beatitude, not just some of them, but every beatitude is what does this beatitude have to do with God? And so today in our scripture uh, that we read just a moment ago, what does meekness have to do with God? What does meekness have to do with God? If you have a pen, I encourage you to write that down. What does meekness have to do with God? The reason ladies and gentlemen, that this question should be of utmost importance in our minds is that if we don't have an answer to it, we will not be able to fulfill the aim of our Lord in this sermon. He said in verse 5, Matthew chapter 16, let your light, Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, let your light so shine before men, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. The ultimate purpose, somebody say the ultimate purpose. The ultimate purpose for the Sermon on the Mount was so that God would get the glory for the way his disciples Lived. The aim, the aim was to create a lifestyle in his disciples that would make people think about the value of God. The first petition of the Lord's Prayer, which stands out at the center of this sermon, is Hallowed be thy name. Say that with me. Hallowed be thy name. Hallowed be thy name. Therefore, we must ask, what does meekness have to do with God? How does becoming meek 
and being meek, promote the hallowing of God's name. And in answering this question, we will in fact discover that meekness is a very beautiful thing, even though it may be very painful. If you have your Bibles close by, go to Psalms 37, if you would please. Psalms 37. Probably, or most likely, the best place to begin is in this psalm, Psalm 37, because it is almost certain, almost certain that this beatitude is a quotation or an allusion, an allusion to Psalms 37, verse 11. It says this. I hear pages turning. I'll, I'll wait so you can have it if you want to underline it. But the meek, somebody say the meek. the meek, but the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. Does anybody want to be meek after that scripture? Somebody say amen. <laughs> so let's try to see what meekness means in Psalms and what it has to do with God. Notice the parallel between verse 11 and verse 9. Verse 11 says, but the meek shall inherit the earth. Verse 9, B portion of verse 9 says, but those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. So this is what we can conclude. And if you want to write it down, I'll speak slowly for you. We can conclude first that the meek are people who wait for the Lord. But what does it mean to wait for the Lord? We get a picture of those who wait for the Lord. That is the meek if we read verses 5 through 8. And we're going to do that right now. If you have your Bibles, don't, don't go away from your Bible if you can, at all, if at all possible. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Verse 6. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light, and thy judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord, and wait patiently. Look at your neighbor and say patiently. And wait patiently. We're painting a picture here. And wait patiently for him. Fret not. Look at him and say fret not. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Cease from anger. Can I get an amen? amen. Does anybody need to cease from anger? Praise the Lord. I, don't, I have five children. I don't need to cease from anger. <laughs> Praise God. It's puppy dogs and butterflies all the time. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. What are these people like according to verse 11? They're meek. And according to verse 9, they wait for the Lord. They're meek and they wait. Somebody say they're patient. In verse, verse 5 says, they commit their way to the Lord, trust in the Lord. Verse 7 says, they are quiet or steal before the Lord and do not fret over others who prosper. Praise God. Amen. Well, why in the world? Man, they always do wrong. Why in the world do they get everything? Amen. 
I mean, I go to church and I return my tithe and give my offerings and I'm, I serve on, well, man, they, they look, they got a new house, they got a new car. Somebody say amen. amen. Verse 8 says, they refrain from anger and forsake wrath. A portrait of the meek. So let's try to put all of this together into a portrait, all right? They trust in God. Meek people began first by trusting in God. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to thine understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge him. So meek people, they're going to trust in God. Verse 5b is what it's saying there. They believe that he will work for them and vindicate them when others oppose them. Biblical meekness. Somebody say biblical meekness. Biblical meekness is rooted in the deep confidence that God is for you and not against you. Does anybody want to be meek? Amen. I want to be meek. I want, I want to have a mindset of meekness. I want a heartbeat of meekness. Don't think for a moment that I got it down. Praise God. Remember what I said? I want to ever be learning. I want to get better. I want God to teach me and show me. Next, meek people commit their way to the Lord. Verse 5a. The Hebrew word for commit means literally to roll. I do all right? To roll. I'm, I'm asking my scholar over here. Meek people have discovered that God is trustworthy. And so they roll their way, their business, their problem, their relationship, their health, their fears, their frustration. They roll all of this into the Lord. I don't know about you, but I feel God's presence right there because that's what I want to do. Do I always do that? No, but I'm sure going to try. I want to roll. I want to have that kind of heartbeat. Lord, I'm going to roll everything, every problem, every relationship issue, my health, everything, my fears, my frustration. I'm going to roll that all into the Lord. They admit that they are insufficient to cope with the complexities and pressures and obstacles of life. And they trust that God is able and willing, able and willing to sustain them and guide them and protect them. Anybody want to live a meek life? Do you, are you getting the picture? We're, we're going to get there. We're going to get some of this. We're painting a picture here and when you have a heartbeat and a lifestyle of meekness, you're going to inherit something incredible. Amen. Put our scripture back up there, brother. Brother or sister or somebody who's up there. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Come on, somebody. I want to be meek. I want to be meek in my spirit. I want to be meek in my heart. I want to be meek in my mind. I want to live a meek life. Some of you got in an argument on the way over here, and y'all ain't meek, amen? I'm just kidding. Next, according to verse 7, meek people are quiet or steal before the Lord and wait patiently for him. First, they discover that God can be trusted. Can I just stop and preach on that for a moment? Who am I and who are you to think that the king of kings, 
the Lord of all lords, the maker of the entire world, universe, stars flung into the sky, who are we to think that Jesus Christ can't be trusted? I'm going to go back to our scripture, or that scripture for a moment. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to thy own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him. I want to, I, I hate when this happens, but I want to do this. Listen to me here real quick. They roll all their ways, everything, their business, their problems, their relationships, their health, their fears, their frustrations. They roll all that into the Lord. Meek people are going to, and they the bottom line is they a person that is meek believes and knows that Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, can be trusted. So you've walked into this place, and I'm not trying to preach, trying to teach tonight, but you've walked into this place with a lot of stuff in your life. And, man, you again, as I talked about last week, you couldn't sleep, and there's been issues and problems. And, man, is this ever going to happen? Is that ever going to happen? Is this ever going to take place? I, the promise that you got from the Lord, amen? Is, that ever, is this ever going to happen? Who are you and who am I not to, know, not to believe that God can be trusted? A meek person, a meek and a mild spirit is going to be a person that says, I'm trusting in you. I'm going to say this portion again. According to verse 7, meek people are quiet or still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Why? Because they trust him. Here I am standing, and I can look across this place, death, unsaved loved ones, backslidden husband, hurt and pain, physical body. I'm just looking across the congregation. A person, according to verse 7, is a person that's going to say, I'm waiting. Because why? I trust you. You're trustworthy. I'm slow to anger. Ooh, hallelujah. We'll preach later. First, they discover that God can be trusted. The second, they commit their way to him. And then third, they wait patiently in stillness for the work of God in their lives. They don't jump and run and try to do it themselves. They don't pick up the hammer and the chisel and tear up Jack. No, they wait patiently for God to do the work that only God can do. Why are we going to pick up the hammer and why are we going to pick up the chisel and try to do work that only God can do? Now listen, this doesn't mean that they become lazy. It means that they are free from the frenzy that can go on, the crazy things that can happen in the mind. They have a kind of steady calm that comes from knowing that God is omnipotent, that he has their affairs under his control, and that he is gracious and will work things out for the best. Meet people have a quiet sustain about their lives in the midst of upheaval. Now, I'm going to get personal with you. Pastor Darren, did you know all of this before? No, I didn't know all this before. But study and reading helped me find answers. And reading books helped me find answers that 
in the midst of you have leukemia and we just became pastor and pastor's wife that what should be happening is growth and moving forward together was all halted because of a sickness and the want to and the desire to be here and all of the I didn't understand it at the time when I gave the answers of I don't have a clue I, just the prayers of the saints but also you know the Bible says to hide the word in your heart that you might not sin I've read this book from cover to cover a couple of times now a few times now do I remember every single jot and every tittle? No, because I'm not that, I don't have that kind of brain. I gotta go back and read it again and again and have to write it again and read it again and, and I'll say words wrong again, like I did on Sunday. And over and over again, all this stuff, but it's in my heart and in my spirit. And so when things happen and come, when upheaval comes and begins to destroy and your your heart, I could have gotten mad on that pew right there where you sit and said, Jesus, why are you doing this to me? Why are you doing this to my wife? I could have blamed him and got mad at him, but no, I said, you know, in the midst of stressfulness, in the midst of upheaval, in the midst of all of the, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do exactly what your word tells me to do. I'm going to stop, and I'm going to wait, and I'm going to listen because I trust in you. Because I believe that you work out. the word, Your word told me a long time ago that you work everything out for our good. They say amen. I could preach on that for a little while. Meek people have a quiet sustain about their lives in the midst of upheaval. I want to stop and preach for a moment. I wasn't supposed to do this, but I don't know who you are in the house. I know some situations that are going on, but I don't know who you are in the house, but you got upheaval right now. What you need to do is you need to develop this meek and mild spirit that says, you know something, Lord, I trust you. I know you can. In the midst of all of this problem, I'm going to be still. I'm going to wait patiently, and I'm going to watch you work out things for my good. Somebody clap your hands under the Lord right now. Fourth thing. Somebody said the fourth thing. The fourth thing about them in verse 7b, if you will, the latter part of that verse, is that they don't fret themselves over the wicked who prosper in their way. Or as in verse 8 says, they refrain from anger. Their family and work and life are in God's sovereign hands. They trust him. They wait patiently and quietly to see how his power and goodness will work things out. And so they, in the midst of setbacks and obstacles and opposition and problems and all of the things that go on, they make up in their mind, I'm not going to be bitter. I'm not going to have, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to fret over this situation. What's common to man in the midst of that stuff, a meek person says, I'm not going to do that. That's hard to do when somebody rear-ends you at the red light. Amen? And they don't have insurance. Somebody shout hallelujah. That's hard to do when something goes wrong and the bills are bigger than the paycheck is that month. Because it's common to us as human beings to be fretful and to have bitterness and to get upset and have anger and all of these things. But a person that's meek says, no, no, 
So the portrait we have, the portrait we have, and I'll go slow if you want to write it down. So the portrait we have of meekness so far is based on the closest biblical parallel, Psalms 37 and verse 11. The third beatitude is that it begins by trusting God. Then it commits its way to the Lord in the confidence that he will use his power and mercy to do good for us. Then it waits patiently and quietly for the outcome. And finally, it does not give way to anger or fretfulness when faced with opposition and setback. It is clear already in this preliminary sketch for Psalms 37 that meekness has very much to do with God. Can I get an amen? amen. It consists in a peaceful freedom from fretful anger and is based on trusting God and rolling all of our ways onto God and waiting patiently for God. Meekness has very much to do with our God. Somebody shout amen. amen. Now let's add some details. If you have your Bibles, Numbers 12 is where we're going to go. Let's add some details to the portrait. We're going to give some biblical instances here. Very familiar story in the Word of God. Verse 1, and Mary and Aaron spake against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married, for he had married an Ethiopian woman. Verse 2, and they said, hath the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? Hath he not spoken also by us? And the Lord heard it. Verse 3. And very important, all right? I want you to listen to this verse. Now the man Moses was very meek. It's kind of stuck in there. Above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. And the Lord spake suddenly unto Moses and unto Aaron and unto Miriam, Come out ye there. Come out ye there unto the tabernacle of the congregation. And they three came out. And what happens in the following verses is that the Lord rebukes Miriam and Aaron, verse 9, and says that his anger was kindled against them. And the Lord vindicated his servant, Moses. Now, what is the point in the scripture that verse 3 there of calling Moses meek in this context? The right, right there between the bitter opposition and God's vindication. I think the point is that meekness means committing your calls to God and not needing to defend yourself. I'm going to read that again. I think it points to this, that meekness means committing your calls to God and not needing to defend your calls. Just where we would expect for it to talk about the things that we talked about a moment ago that Moses got ticked off and mad and told somebody to go get a soldier and cut their heads off or whatever. We don't read that. What we read is that he was a meek, a very meek person. 
He had a meek spirit. Just where it would, some, one would think that it should say something different in that particular portion, particular portion of Scripture. It does not say that. The text says that he was the meekest man on all the earth. Moses doesn't say a word. Instead, he waits patiently for the Lord. He frets not over these critical words. And God comes to his defense. There's an answer to everything in the word of God. Can I get an amen? amen. How many of you been, somebody's talked about you. Raise your hand. How many, I feel the Holy Ghost right now because I just started thinking about stories. How many of you, you've had somebody say something about you that was not true? Raise your hand. And what you want to do and what I want to do is we want to do what we think should be in the scriptures here. We want to go and we want to get ticked off and we want to get mad and we want to raise our hand. But listen to me, a meek person that trusts in the Lord, a meek person that trusts in their God and knows that God can do anything and is going to work everything out for their good, understand that God is going to have the last say. And if you are one with a broken and a contrite heart, if you're one that is seeking the face of God, if you're one that is following after him and saying, Lord, let me have a meek spirit. Let me have a meek heart. Lord, let me be pure in spirit, pure in mind. He's going to come to the rescue just like he did in this scripture. And he's going to wag his finger in their face. And he's going to let them know, and you're not going to have to do anything. Anybody want to be meek? Amen. So we come... We come to where we can add to our portrait of meekness again. Not only does it trust God and commit its way to God and wait patiently for God and refrain from anger, it also refrains from revenge. Woo. Has anybody ever wanted to get revenge before? See, some of you were driving today and you wanted to get revenge for that person that cut you off. Amen. It, it refrains from defensiveness. Meekness loves to give place to wrath and leave its vind vindication with God. Meekness is the power to absorb adversity and criticism without lashing out. Does anybody feel conviction right now? Amen. Meekness is the power to absorb adversity. And absorb criticism without lashing out. To see another feature of the portrait of meekness, let's look into James. If you have your Bibles, James 1. James 1. We'll begin at verse 19. I'm going to read in a different version here tonight. But you keep your version that you have, whichever it is. Know this, my beloved brethren. Let every man be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not work the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rank growth of wickedness and receive with meekness the implemented word, which is, the implanted word, rather, which is able to save your soul. Praise God. James has in mind two kinds of people here. He pictures on the one hand a person who does not like to listen to what other people have to say. Especially if they speak 
with authority. This person is quick to speak and quickly becomes angry if the words of others cross his opinion or her opinion or cause his behavior or her behavior in question. He is not receptive to the word of God. He filters it through his own desires and receives it selectively, if at all. On the other hand, James pictures another kind of person. This person is slow to speak and quick to listen, verse 19. This person recognizes the limitations of his or her own knowledge and fallibility of his thinking. And so is eager to listen and learn anything valuable that he can. If he hears something new or contrary to his own view, his first reaction is not fretful anger. He is slow to anger. He listens and considers. And then it comes, and when it comes to the word of God, he receives it with meekness. Oh, somebody say amen. amen. Lord, let us receive your word with meekness. Let us ever be learning, every man and every woman, Lord, that is under the sound of my voice. Lord, I hope that I can be an example. I hope that our church can be an example of learning from your word. And Lord, when it comes to teaching, Lord, let us be receptive to your truth, to righteousness and holiness. Somebody say amen. So the new feature of our portrait of meekness is teachability. Teachability, if you want to write that down. For us to receive the word with meekness means that we don't have a resistant, hostile spirit when we are being taught. It doesn't mean we are gullible. It doesn't even mean that we will never get angry about what some people teach. Verse 19 says that we should be slow. Somebody say slow. Slow, slow to anger. Not that we should never experience anger. Jesus in Matthew 11 and verse 29 says, I am meek and lowly in heart. But in Mark 3 and verse 5 it says, He became angry and grieved. He became angry and he grieved at the hard-heartedness of the Pharisees. In Matthew 21 Verse 12, he drove the merchants out of the temple and turned over their tables. Meekness does not okay the absence of passion and conviction and even indignation for the glory of God. But it does mean that we don't have that fast reaction or that hair trigger, if you will. It does mean that our disposition is one of readiness to listen and learn. It does mean that we are slow to write off a person. Somebody say amen. I'm talking about families right now. It does mean that we are slow to write off a person. Slow to condemn and slow to anger. Let us be a wise a wise person. The Bible says, wise as a serpent and harmless or as innocent as a dove. In discerning what is meekness and what is pride.
Amen? This becomes even clearer in James 3, verse 13 and verse 17. Verse 13 says, Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of good conversation his work with meekness of wisdom. This is a very beautiful phrase, meekness of wisdom. The truly wise people are also the truly meek people. I'm going to say that again. The truly wise people are also the truly meek people. Why? Look at verse 17. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable and gentle. Notice that the reason the truly wise person is also the truly meek person is that true wisdom is peaceable and gentle and open to reason. But, there, but these are the marks of meekness. Isn't it absolutely remarkable that the marks of biblical wisdom and biblical meekness, they're the same. Wisdom in the Bible is never merely an intellectual affair. It is a disposition of the heart as well as ideas in the head. And therefore, in a sense, meekness and wisdom are one thing. They are both peaceable, gentle, and open to reason. Somebody say amen. Does anybody want to have a meek and a mild spirit? Does anybody want to live with a meek heart and a meek mind? Praise God. I'm going to continue here and then we'll close here in just a moment. I, I don't want to get too far ahead and not be able to finish here tonight. I just have a few more minutes. Meekness cares about the truth. So let me say it again. The meekness of wisdom is open to reason. Somebody say it's open to reason. It is quick to listen to the reason given by others for their opinions. And it is willing to give reason for its own opinions. It cares about truth and whether others agree. And therefore, it may become passionate and forceful. But it always, it's always a servant. It is always submissive to the higher standard of truth. It is always willing to change, to bring its opinions into line with truth. Praise God. I want to, it's hard for a person to say, I don't want to always feel like you got to be right. Amen? Has anybody ever been there before? It's all right. Am I the only one? Anybody ever felt like you were always right or you wanted to always be right? We have to be willing to change, to bring our opinions into line with truth. Meekness knows its own fallibility, but for that reason, it takes debate and argument so seriously. It wants to discern its own errors and forsake them. Isn't that a good thought process? Amen? If I have errors, if I have things that aren't right in me, Lord, let me forsake that for truth. 
Let me forsake that for what is right. But the soft-spoken conversation in which two modern people defer each other's opposite opinions. Choosing to coexist. Not feeling the need to submit his opinion to a standard of truth higher than himself. And thus not exposing himself to the possibility of error and repentance. That is not the spirit of meekness. This is not relative to issues in Christian, Christian liberty, which, which Christian liberty would be the guideline. This is relative to absolute truths and principles of Scripture. Meekness and knowledge of fallibility and sin. Let's look at one other feature in the portrait of meekness, and then we will close. It's found in Galatians chapter 6, Galatians chapter 6 and verse 1. Galatians 6 and verse 1. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Not only is meekness slow to speak and slow to anger, but when it decides that it must speak, even words of correction, as we have here in Galatians chapter 6, verse 1 and 2, it speaks with the deep awareness that it is fallible. More specifically, when meekness reaches out to bring back a person overtaken in sin, it first takes log out of its own the log out of its own eye, and then admits, then admits that part, that part from grace, free and undeserved, it would fall to the very sin it is now trying to correct. If it wasn't for the grace of God, I could fall too. If it wasn't for the grace of God, I could fall too. Ladies and gentlemen, that's why Truth Church welcomes anybody and everybody. I have been a part, wasn't going to do this, but I will, but I've been a part and seen conversations where people of different lifestyles and different avenues of life were not welcome in a congregation. And I don't believe that that is a person that's blessed with a spirit of meekness. I don't believe that's a congregation that is blessed with a spirit of meekness because apart from the grace of God, everybody in this room could be a victim of whatever it is that is coming through that door. Somebody say amen. amen. Consider thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Let him who thinks that he stands take heed, lest he fall. Now, let's stand back and see it, if we can see the whole portrait. Meekness begins 
when we put our trust in God. Then because we trust him, we commit our way to him. We roll on to him our anxieties, our frustrations, our pains, our relationships, our jobs, our health. And then we wait patiently for the Lord. We trust his timing and his power and his grace to work things out in the best way for his glory and for our good. The result of trusting God and then rolling our anxieties onto God and waiting patiently for God is that we don't give way to quick and fretful anger. But instead, just like Moses, we give place to wrath and hand our calls over to God and let him, him vindicate us if he chooses. And then, as James says, in this quiet confidence, we are slow to speak and quick to listen. We become reasonable and open to correct us. Brother Tony, we, we stop and we look and we say, correct me. Brother Noe, we look and say, you know something? I, I need to be corrected. Meekness loves to learn. And it counts the blows of a friend as precious. When that person looks at you and says, hey, this is going to hurt, but you need to listen to me. I know you don't want to hear this, but you need to listen to me. Because that friend has been in communion with God. That friend has been talking to God on your behalf. And God spoke to them. And meekness loves to learn. Meekness looks into the word of God. And you've read it before. You've been to that portion of scripture before. But this time, it speaks something different. And you want to be a little resistant to let it adhere to your heart. But meekness says, no, I, I need to learn. And when it must say a critical word to a person, caught in an error, caught in a sin, caught in a problem, it speaks from the deep conviction of its own fallibility and its own except being able to do the same thing and be in the same situation. The sin, the hurt, the pain, that they too are capable of committing if it wasn't for the grace of God. Meekness. Meekness begins with God and ends with God. And therefore, whenever we see a person that is caught or like that in sin, we give God the glory and the aim of Jesus, the Sermon on the Mount, is fulfilled. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't just speak to people that I want to be meek. I don't just tell individuals we need to have a spirit of meekness. But church, I want to be a church that embodies that. Because if we have the spirit of meekness, 
we won't forget where he brought us out of. If we have a spirit of meekness, doesn't matter who walks to this altar on a Sunday morning. We may not even know their story. A spirit of meekness says, I care. A spirit of meekness stretches forth their hand and says, I don't know what sin that they have in their life, but man, I would to God that you'd forgive them because if it wasn't for your grace and your mercy, I'd still be there. I'd still be in that situation. I would even go to where they have gone. And so I asked Truth Church, we're not finished, but I'm going to be as finished as we can be. Let's embody a spirit of meekness. Let's take hold of a spirit of meekness. First in our home, husband and wife, children. I'm going to tell you, Pastor Dare and Sister Ginger and our kids, we got to work on a spirit of meekness. I don't know about you, but let's be ever learning and ever accepting that. Because I want to make sure it's in the home so it'll be in the church and so it won't affect anybody that wants to repent and anybody that wants to, anybody that comes to you and says, hey, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this. You know something? It's not okay that you did that. But listen to me. I'm here. You're going to make it. We're going to pray through because if it wasn't for the grace of God, I'd be there too. Stand to your feet. Praise God. If you would lift your hands all across the building let's ask his presence to sweep in here right now Jesus let your presence sweep in this place right now in the name of Jesus Christ Lord you have taught me you have shown me things you have spoke to me oh Lord I'm asking right now that you would depart impart that into people in this congregation Lord, I'm asking right now that every word that I've spoken, I've read, Lord, I've talked about, Lord, that it would speak into the lives of every person, those that are listening online or watching online. Oh, Lord, I'm asking right now that your word, your word, the examples from your word, Lord, would speak to every single individual. Lord, I want to be meek, Lord. I want to be meek in my mind. I want to be meek in my heart. I want to be meek in my life. I want to be meek in my reactions in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we lift up our hands to you. We lift up holy hands to you right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, do a work inside of Truth Church. Do a work inside of every individual, Lord, that is in this house in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, calls us, Lord, to follow after thee. Calls us to have your spirit and to wait patiently for you to do a work in this last and closing hour. Lord, let us take from Psalm 37 tonight in the name of Jesus and see the parallels in the scriptures. God, we honor you and we thank you for your word. Teach us, show us, and let us be ever learning from your word. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, the church says amen. Amen. Please greet one another. Don't forget to invite somebody to church this weekend. We're going to have a great time in the Lord. I'm ready to hear what thus say the word of the Lord from Brother Scott Graham. Amen. God bless you.